Welcome back to Middle Maps. My name is Josh Fodell. I'm the host of this show. I hope that this podcast finds you well in whatever stage of life you're in right now. Uh, today is really the start of a two-part series. We haven't done this before. We're really going to separate uh, this concept into two distinct parts. Um, and the, really, the main concept is the concept of coping. Now, if, you're, if any of the people listening out there, if you're a therapist or you're in the mental health world or you've been around the, around the mental health world or maybe even been in therapy yourself, the concept of coping is something that's pretty at the forefront of your mind. Uh, coping is kind of drilled into the world of mental health right now because coping is that way to manage life. And so coping is a way for therapists and other clinicians to really give people skills to manage the things that are going on, whether it be something that's pathological within um, disorders or maybe just how you get through life. We all use coping. So the current podcast will focus on what we call like long-term coping skills. And then the next podcast will be something that may be much more uh, relevant to what you know, and that's the short-term coping skills like we all have heard of ways to just kind of manage the day-to-day. But I believe one of the things that we do in mental health is we focus so much on the short-term coping skills and we don't focus on long-term coping or even the brain fuel it needs to maintain life. Um, within our within the daily surroundings that we go through. So we give you all these skills, we do all these things, yet you don't have this way to maintain it and to fuel yourself. And so that's why the name of this podcast is called The Brain Gas Tank because really the focus of long-term coping is fueling your brain and having the fuel to manage the daily life. So what is coping? And so there's a lot of different definitions of like what coping is and how um, it's used in daily life. But I think a really interesting definition of coping is it's consciously using skills and strategies to manage internal and external situations. So what that means is you have these skills and these things and strategies that you as a human are using to manage the things that are going on internally as well as the things that occur for your life externally. So internally would be things such as like thoughts, like maybe negative thoughts that you have, self-image stuff, maybe just how you view life and, and all the maybe the dissonance that may be occurring in your brain. And external things are the, just the stressors of life, whether it be finances, whether it be family, whether it be uh, your love life, whether it be school or work, what, whatever it is, the external situations. And you are consciously using these things to cope with them, to manage them, so that you can then go through your life. And so that leads to what I uh, said earlier, is the long-term and short-term coping skills. Short-term coping skills are skills that's used in the immediate moment that give you the opportunity to manage that situation right there. So that, an example of this would be like breathing techniques where you do deep breathing to calm yourself down whether you're feeling angry or anxiety. And in the second part of this podcast, we're really going to dive deep into those short-term coping skills. Long-term scope coping skills, on the other hand, are things that fuel us, things that give our brains the energy and the stamina to go through daily life so where we can manage all the things that we go through. So again, short-term coping skills, meaning that these things that we manage daily life with in the immediate, long-term coping skills are the coping skills that help us get through life and fuel us to go through day-to-day. And so you can kind of see long-term coping skills as the brain gas tank. And so when I decided to make a podcast a long time ago, I used to have all these different rants about all this, these 
uh, ideas and, and things and knowledge that I wanted to talk to to my wife. And so she got really tired of just listening to me talk about all these different things. And so she would say, you need to make a podcast. And so that kind of led to what we have now, which is mental maps. But within that, the first thing that always came to my mind, really the catalyst of making me want to make a podcast was this concept that I coined as the brain gas tank. Now, this is brought from a couple other different theories. There's different views out there of things such as the brain threshold, brain stamina, and I took some of the things and we're going to really build upon those. So this isn't like something brand new that I created on my own, but rather a way to kind of just expand on some of these different topics. So the basis of the brain gas tank is this. Our brain has a threshold of how it can go through life. Meaning that you wake up every day with X amount of brain energy, brain stamina, uh, brain strength, whatever you want to call it, to get through your daily life. And whenever you expend all of that energy or all of that stamina, you then can form that where you get really tired, maybe you're feeling down and sad or anxious or angry or you start having issues, all because your brain has now went over the threshold of the ability for you to cope with daily life. And that's really the major concept within long-term coping is that you must have the ability to have the energy to manage the things that you occur. I can tell you how to breathe all day long. We can do breathing techniques and anger management stuff all day long. But if you do not have the brain stamina and the brain energy to take the things that are going on in your life, you're going to be just constantly breathing all the time, trying to calm yourself down every time something hits you. So see it as a great example of this is the person who wakes up and they're already, let's say, at about a quarter of a tank. So their brain gas tank is kind of low already when they wake up. So they get up, they get ready for their day, they jump in their car, they're going to work, and they get caught in traffic. Now they're running behind. And then somebody cuts them off. And then they can't find a parking spot when they get to work. And each one of these stressors are blows to our brain stamina, blows to our brain energy. And so it's just taking away the different concepts of our, or the different parts of our energy. So now we went from having a quarter of a tank to now, I mean, we are on E, when we walk into work, and we all know these people, we've all, we've all been there in ourselves in some form or fashion, and then work happens. So maybe you have a deadline, or maybe your boss is saying something to you, or maybe you, have, you walk in and you have 45 emails already before 8.30, and so now you're feeling really overwhelmed, and now it is, and so now before 9 o'clock hits, you have exacerbated all of, or exasperated rather, all of the energy that is in your brain gas tank. And so now it is your job to go through the rest of your day on E. And we've been there. I think every single one of us has been there in some form or fashion. And what that leads to is we start feeling very frustrated. We may uh, be you know, snippy to one of our coworkers. We may come home and be angry at our significant other. You know, we have that, what we call the kicking dog theory is a person who, yell, who gets yelled at by his boss so he comes home and kicks his dog. We have these things because we're just cashed. Our brains are completely cashed. Where a second example would be is you have someone who wakes up in the morning and they have a full gas tank. So they have these same stressors that occur. They get caught in traffic, they're running late, people are cutting them off, they can't find a parking spot, they walk into work, they have 45 emails. But instead of all of those things breaking them down to E, it's still affecting them in the same way, but they have way more brain energy. And so as these things hit, they're able to use the coping skills that they already know because they have the energy to do so. 
And so by the time noon hits, even though they may have had these heavy, stressful day, they're operating still at least on a half a tank. And so they have plenty of energy to get through the rest of their day. And then they have the ability to maybe use a short-term coping skill that gets them through the rest of the day so it helps them feel a little bit better. And so now they're not feeling tired and wore out and cashed out by 3.30 in the afternoon. Rather, they're able to go home and be active with their family and continue on with their day. And, And their day doesn't end at 5.30. And so how do we get gas for our gas tank? How do we fuel our brain? And so you can kind of see the brain gas tank just as your car gas tank. And so we pull, you know, we pull up to the fueling station. We've all done this where you pull up and there's three handles there. And we're not going to go into the, you know, the differences of all these gas. But we all know that one of those gases aren't as strong as the other gas. And we all know that in every town there is at least one gas station that has crappy gas. There is just some like watered down crappy gas. And so you kind of with that, we'll kind of discuss that topic in a minute. But we have these three different gas tanks. And so for us as humans, we have to choose how we fuel ourselves to get through the day. And so you can easily get that cheap gas. It's easy to get, but it also burns quicker. Whereas if you get that longer gas, that high premium gas, even though it may take a little bit more time, or it may cost some money for you, or whatever that looks like for you, it lasts longer, and so you're feeling better. So uh, an example of this would be um, you, you get home from work, and you need to fuel your gas tank, and you have two options. You could, one, go for a run outside, or call a family member on the phone and talk to them, or call a friend on the phone and talk to them, Or you could sit down, get on social media, scroll for 45 minutes, and then watch three episodes of your favorite TV show. So even though both of those are going to fuel you, which one is going to last longer? Absolutely, that exercise or that connection with that other person or maybe getting outdoors and sitting on on your patio and reading a book. Things that are fueled. Whereas we can still get this gas from whether it be social media, whether it be TV, whether it be... Um, anything like that, but it's not going to help maintain us. It's not going to last long enough. So we burn it quicker, so then the next thing you know, you're waking up the next morning and you're already low on gas because of how you fueled yourself the day before. And gas builds upon itself. So you can kind of see that if you know I come home, I maybe go for a run, or maybe I spend some time outdoors, or maybe I read a book, or maybe I do some meditating or or breath work, and then I have a good meal, and then maybe if I watch TV, I watch something maybe that's stimulating to me or that's fun to me, and then I I don't get caught up in maybe the things that are going on in the outside world. It's just building and building and building. So when we wake up that next morning, we're already fueled. Whereas if you come home and you kind of consume that bad gas, who knows how long it's going to last for you the next day? Usually not very long. So in the concept, we have the brain gas tank, just to kind of review. So I know we, we're going kind of fast here. We have this brain gas tank. The brain gas tank gives us the energy and the stamina and the ability to take all of the impacts that daily stress gives us, and we fuel it every day. And we have either good fuel or bad fuel. And so... That leads us into the other concept of bad fuel, which is the watered-down gas or the, the bad gas. 
there are numerous things that exist in this world that can fuel you as a human, that can fuel you in your brain. Unfortunately, though, those short-term bursts or those short-term gas doesn't last very long. You absolutely could come home every night, eat a bucket of ice cream, and you'll feel somewhat better. But it's not going to fuel you long-term. That short-term burst, that short-term happiness doesn't last very long. And so after you burn through it quite quickly, you're left with on empty empty gas again. And I think we've all been there in some form or fashion where we're living on bad gas, where we're just constantly consuming negative things or things that aren't as healthy for us as they need to be for our brain, and we're just needing more of it. We've got to have it. It's like the person who needs candy, um, every hour just to kind of keep going. I know like there's a lot of other things physically that could be going on with that, but it's the person who's got to have all these different things all the time so that they can just survive, so that they can get through their daily life. So I challenge you to kind of look into yourself and say, how am I fueling myself right now? Because am I consuming good fuel or am I consuming bad fuel? And if I am consuming bad fuel, what is it? What is the bad fuel that I'm consuming? And then if you're like, I don't really know what I'm consuming. I don't really know the gas that I'm uh, consuming on a daily basis. Look and see how tired do you feel at the end of the day? How wore out are you mentally on the littlest of things? Are you finding yourself being edgy and agitated and frustrated for just no reason? Could it be that maybe you're out of gas or you're running through gas quickly because your gas is poor? Because everything we encounter as humans impacts our brain stamina. Every stressor, every interaction, every work issue, every family issue, every financial issue are all these blows onto our brain. And without good fuel or good stamina, there's no way you can maintain that long term. Because life's tough. We all know that. We have to give our brains the opportunity to make it a lot easier on us to survive. So I challenge people a lot within, um, within the people that I work with and even myself that you need to be doing at least one thing every single day to fuel yourself. At least one thing. And that's not a short-term coping skill just like maybe doing deep breathing. This is a long-term coping skill that you're doing every single day. So whether that's exercise, um, reading, meditating, prayer, you know, doing some deep, deep breathing exercises where you're really working on your breath work, maybe spending some time outdoors, going for a walk, something that's fueling you, that makes you, and it's not something that has to make you super happy, it's something that just fuels you, whether you feel at peace, whether you feel relaxed, whether you feel happy, whether you feel content, whatever you're doing in it, you're feeling it, and it's good fuel. And then I challenge people at least to have at least one thing you're doing, one big thing you're doing in the week that really fuels you. So whether that's going on a big hike or going to dinner with friends or maybe having a game night with your family or going to a family gathering or maybe you're um, going on a paddleboard adventure, maybe going on a trip, whatever. Something you're doing every week that fuels you big. Because now what you do with that is not only are you fueling yourself every day, but at least once a week, you have these big fuels. And so now we're starting to live on a surplus of brain energy. So when those stressors occur, 
We're not grabbing at different things just to survive. We have so much left in our tank to kind of get through the day and manage life as it occurs because it because we have to take life on life's terms. So one thing every day, one big thing a week, and that fuels you to continue to do what you need to do to manage your life. Now, there's a couple things within this that I think are really important. One is that the coping, the the fuel you're using, the coping skill you're using, really needs to be based on things that are within your control. And what I mean by that is, you know, family gatherings can be a really fueling experience, or time with friends can be a really good experience. But the downfall of putting all of your eggs in that basket is that people are unpredictable. And so if my fueling station is unpredictable, then there's no guarantee that my good fuel is always going to be good fuel. I could go to that family gathering, or I could go to that game night, and I could have a poor time. Maybe there's some conflict in the room, or maybe there's topics discussed that are kind of anxiety-provoking to me, or it's very hurtful to me. And so now the good fuel that I thought I was going to get was bad fuel. Even though it's fueling me because I got to spend time with people that I love, it's generated maybe anxiety. It's, it's been maybe even more of a stressor and a, and a damage to my brain gas tank rather than fueling. So really bake in things that you can control, um, whether that be uh, reading or meditating or just different things that are within your bounds that you can easily do that don't rely on other people. The second thing I would recommend within your brain gas tank is that you've got to create a structure for your daily life, for your brain gas tank to continue to be fueled. And what I mean by that is, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, the brain craves consistency. The brain wants to be able to predict what's going to occur. That's how the brain works. It just predicts all the time. It's a, it's a prediction, meaning-making machine, as I've heard people say before. It predicts things, and then it makes meaning out of what it predicts. And so when we look at the brain in that way, we must create the structure in our lives to give it that opportunity. And so what that looks like is maybe you wake up at the same time every day or around the same time every day. You have a routine in the mornings, maybe a routine at night, maybe a routine through your week. And not that you have this monotonous life that's so boring and it's not predictable, but there's consistency within it. Because if you want your brain to perform at the highest level it possibly can, you must give it the opportunity to not waste fuel on things that is within your control. Life is hard enough. There is way too many churches, especially in our world right now. There is so much going on that generates anxiety and sadness and frustration and anger. Don't do things within your own life that will take away from your brain fuel, which ultimately leaves you tired and without fuel as you enter the world. So create that structure and maybe look into your life and say, what could that structure look like for me? Maybe you, maybe you wake up at the same time every day. Maybe you go to bed. I know for me, for example, uh, to, to share something, uh, my wife and I both do make up around the same time every day. We have kind of a routine we do. But for me, the biggest thing I do, and I've done this for years, is making the bed. Before I start my day, before I go to work, even before like I eat breakfast, I make the bed every day. And that is just my structure. That's something I do. And for me, in my mind, that's at least one thing I've completed. And I also work out in the morning. So I've completed two things before I go to work are done. 
And so for me, that's very fueling. I've got this structure, I'm doing it. And so then I have different things that I do throughout the day that are fueling to me as well. But those are the really my core things that I do. And everybody's different and experiment, try different things and really see, you know, what is it that fuels me? What is it that doesn't fuel me? Because there's going to be things that you're going to do that may not fuel you as well, but it gets you through. But once again, understanding that you can't live on that. You can't live on burning on just empty all the time. Uh, it's like the person who gets in their car and says, I'm going to drive across the country. But then they look at their gas tank and say, well, I got a quarter of the tank. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. For many people, that's how they live every single day. When they wake up, they're attempting to drive across country with a quarter of a tank of gas. And then by the end of the day, they wonder to themselves, why do I feel so angry? Why am I so tired? Why am I so agitated? Why am I so frustrated? It's because you're out of gas. So, coping, managing life, taking life on life's terms, all begins with giving your brain the opportunity to be fueled enough to manage the things you go through. You don't have to constantly survive, but rather can be part of life in a productive way and not constantly find yourself grasping for air, if you will. Uh, I think the oxygen metaphor is so interesting when you talk about coping because so many people and we see them and I think we've all been there are gasping for air throughout the day to just try to get by so that they don't have that blow up that they don't have that breakdown that they don't become overwhelmed and whether you already experience anxiety depression anger issues or whether you don't have really any issues in your past with your mood you were all prone to this the difference is is it can be magnified there's a belief that certain forms of depression and certain forms of anxiety are really just due to the brain threshold being so low that everything that they consume as a human being just exacerbates what they're already going through. And so the emotions that they feel are amplified times 10 because their brain threshold is already so small. Before 8 o'clock, as we said earlier, they're already over their brain gas tank, and now they're they're burning reserves and trying to just get through the day. So, I challenge each one of you, as I said earlier, find at least one thing you can do every single day. If you can do more, do more. If you can do them numerous times a day, do numerous times a day, because gas doesn't evaporate in the brain. Gas is stored. And so you constantly can fuel yourself and constantly do it. And we've seen those people that no matter what is going on at work or what is going on in their family life, they are just fueled, man. They may be sad or they may get like frustrated about their situation, but you don't see them taking it out on other people. You don't see them taking it out on themselves. They're able to just kind of cope with life and go through life and continue to work through the day. We've all seen those people. Maybe you are one of those people in your life and kind of look into yourself if you are and say, what am I doing that's doing it? Be cognizant of what you're experiencing and how you're feeling yourself because when you start to feel the opposite, you can kind of look and say, am I doing those things? 
So one thing every day at least, and at least one big thing every week, and create structure in your life. I meant to, to say this earlier, um, but to kind of give just some validity to the concept of structure, I think one of the things that we've seen so much in the concept of, of quarantining within the, the pandemic was the loss of structure. I know myself as a clinician and I know other colleagues that I've talked to around the country have had the same experience where outside of social distancing, the biggest impact we've seen in people's lives came through the lack of structure. So people stopped waking up in the morning, putting on their work clothes, getting in their car, getting on the bus or getting on the subway or getting on the train and going to work and going through that day. Rather, they were getting up they were may, may not even been working, or if they were working, they could go to work at any time during the day. It was all done online. There wasn't a lot of structure. And I've seen people, their sleep schedules were out of control. Their uh, eating schedules were out of control. They, it was just chaos. And for most of those people, if they had a mental health issue, they decompensated rapidly. Whether it be a kid or adult, we've seen that across the board that the number one predictor for decompensation for people who were stabilized in mental health was the disruption of their structure. And then I've seen people who had never had any mental health issues before, now they can't sleep at night when they were trying to go back to work, or now they feel like they have no motivation or no energy. And it was because they lost that structure. And so when they didn't have their structure, they were just burning all of their brain fuel and we all know that within the restrictions that happened with COVID, we lost some of those ways to fuel our brains. So, and then we have all the things that are going on in our social world impacting it. And so many people were left with no brain fuel, with no structure for their brain to be able to do it. And so they're in their own home. They had generated enough stress to overgo their brain threshold and find themselves depressed and anxious and worried and frustrated and all those things. So be aware and I think that's the first step in this is just be aware of how you're feeling. Check in with yourself throughout the day. Am I feeling emotionally or you know, cognitively cached? And then the second would be, what am I doing to fuel myself? And create that toolbox. So please tune in to the second part. Uh, that'll be a public. That'll be posted in a couple, a week or two, where we're going to discuss the short-term coping skills. But I highly recommend that that you listen to this one first because this is really the basis for all coping. Without this, the ability to maintain daily life with those basic coping skills is really, really difficult to do, and can get you to a place where even the short-term coping skills won't be working. So fuel yourself, go out there, find those coping skills, do those things, and get to that place where you as a human have a full brain gas tank every day. Be well.